Hello, this is Patty Davis. I'm a psychic medium and intuitive, and I'm coming to you from Humboldt County, which is in Northern California, where the redwood trees meet the ocean. Aloha, my name is Jude Lynch, and I am a psychic intuitive energy healer, hailing from the island of Kauai, the garden island of the Hawaiian island chains. Welcome to Spirit Speakers Podcast, where we meet to discuss a variety of topics from two different psychic vantage points. Aloha, this is Jude, and we are going to be talking about spirit guides and all of the many forms that they come in. I'm really excited to dive into this conversation, especially with Patty, because Patty has a very amazing gift to connect with spirit guides. What is your perception of spirit guides? What are they? Where are they from? What is their purpose? And all of that. The best way that I like to describe spirit guides is that they are a vibrational frequency that's here with us in the same dimension. You know, if you think of the angelic realm, angels are a super high vibrational frequency. And while there are people that have angels around them all the time, they tend to swoop down keep somebody safe, do some healing, and go back up. I think of them as very busy. And then a little bit lower than that are people that have passed, our loved ones on the other side. And then closer to our frequency and our vibration are spirit guides and animal totems. And I like to think of them as being a wonderful link between the earthly realm and the other dimensions. They're here to help us branch that gap. Some people see them as beings or as entities. Some people see spirit guides as an aspect of self, and I see them as all of the above. They come through in many different forms. Oftentimes for me, when I'm reading somebody, they'll show up in costume, and that helps the person understand what they stand for or what their particular job is or what they're here to assist with. For me, most people have anywhere from one to three, but I have had clients come into my office where my entire office was full, and I had to separate the guides and ask them to stand in a single file lane and pick a spokesman for the group. And when that happens, when we have many, many spirit guides, that's when we get all these voices in our head and we feel like we can't get any advice because everybody's talking at once and there are ways to control that. So spirit guides are a wonderful asset. They're here to assist us in life, help us make decisions. They help us tap into our intuition. They work as a filter to keep us safe from negative energies. They help when we're not paying attention to our intuition. They'll come in and scream in our ear or poke us or pinch us or, or give us a little kick in the butt to help us to pay attention. And they're so amazing. I talk to my spirit guide constantly. My spirit guide is my best friend. My spirit guide is my best friend too. And I perceive to have more than one. There are many that I actually work with and I call upon for different situations. Discovering that has been, you know, a 20 year journey. It's not like I just one day said, oh my gosh, I have 10 spirit guides and now I'm talking to all of them. It's over the years I've met each one individually, one by one, and worked with them and began to understand in what areas and aspects and situations that I could connect with one and they would be better able to assist me in certain areas of my life. Taddy, when did you first have a perception of having a spirit guide? How did that even get introduced to you? Well, let me see. I would like to say that we usually have a spirit guide that enters with us when we're born. And that's what a lot of times children will be talking to their invisible friend or their their little being. And oftentimes what they're doing is they're connecting with their spirit guides. And I personally don't remember much of that as a child. But when I was in my 20s, I went to a weekend retreat to meet my spirit guide. 
And the last day of the retreat, meditating, um, I had a guide show up, and it was a little a little monk, and he gave me his name, and I was pissed off because I wanted a female goddess. I didn't want a male for some reason, and he just was very uh, obstinate and kind of aggressive in being there and introducing himself and giving me his name. And he kept giving me his name over and over. And he is a Tibetan monk and I don't speak Tibetan and he'd spell his name and he'd show me these two dots over the second O and I'm like, okay, dude, whatever. So I continued to work with him a little bit more and try to get to know him more. And I was actually reading the autobiography of the Dalai Lama. And there was a place in there where he was talking about his entourage and the people that traveled with him. And as I was reading that, the name of my guide showed up with those two dots over the O, exactly spelled exactly as my guide kept telling me. And the hair stood up on the back of my neck and you know my heart started beating really quickly. And I thought, wow, this is an actual person. And so I Googled this person and what it was is that word isn't a person, it's a term, which means you're an indebted servant for life. So from then on, I apologized to him for wishing that he was a female goddess and started working with him all the time. And I don't always follow my own advice. And oftentimes I go into meditation and I'm like, okay, what the hell do we do about this? Or give me an answer to this. And he always sits with his hands in prayer and makes me meditate for a few minutes. And then I look over my hands and go, okay, so can I ask about this? And he would, he would kind of wave his finger at me and shake his head no. And he'd make me sit in meditation for a little bit longer until he was ready to discuss whatever was going on. And he shows up for me as plain as day. You know, I can see every wrinkle in his face every fold in his garment, and he's just there speaking to me. And after working as a psychic and doing this work for all these years, he now shows up to me, and he used to always be sitting down, and I would go sit in front of him. And now he shows up standing, and he bows to me, and we bow to each other, and then we go into a a meditation together. So he really helps me pause. He helps filter energies that are coming in. He helps me ground. He helps me uh, make decisions. When I do a reading for somebody, I call in my guide and my client's guides and ask them to work together. Together to help me do a really good reading for them and to protect us. He's just an asset that I could never be without. And he's my main guide. And I have a couple more that have come in in the past few years. Sometimes guides are with us for life. Other times they come in and out. Oftentimes guides will show up in puberty or during a trauma to assist us. And some people collect their guides. Like I said, have many and other, they kind of shift in and out. But um, this one's been with me for wow, probably 20 years now. And he's amazing. In fact, you and I kind of met over him. Right. We had an interesting bringing together. And what that was, was one of my guides who used to come around a lot. This was many years ago, stopped coming around and not for any reason that I understood, but I remember feeling a little bit sad. Like I missed him. Like what happened, bro? Like used to show up all the time. (laughs) And a day or two later, he shows up and he's doing these circles around me and he keeps telling me that I'm ready. And I get very excited and I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm ready for something. I've completed something, but I had no idea what he meant by saying that I was ready. That night I went to sleep and I had a dream about this Asian man in robes who greeted me and said, okay, I'm going to show you all of the secrets of the spirit realms. I'm going to show you everything and anything that you've ever wanted to know. And in my dream, I got so excited. I felt like, oh, this is it. This is all I've ever wanted with some guidance. Somebody show me the way. And then right when he was about to give me the first lesson, I woke up 
I was so severely bummed and disappointed. And up to that point, I had been praying and praying for somebody to show me the way, basically. And I felt like if it was a path I was meant to be on, then that person would find me and I shouldn't have to look for them. That was like my way of telling the universe, you know, prove to me that this is what I'm supposed to be doing and set me on that pathway. Well, this one morning I got tired of waiting because <laughs> it had been, you know, a long time. So my friend called me in the midst of me looking online for a psychic and I said, hey, do you happen to know any psychics? And she was like, oh my gosh, I've never told you about my friend Patty. And I'm like, well, does she work with spirit guides? Because this is really important to me because up to that point, I had been perceiving a number of spirit guides and I don't know anybody else who sees those things except for me. And my friend is like, oh man, she has the most amazing story about her spirit guide. It's this Asian man in robes. And I just about dropped to the floor. I was like, I just had a dream last night about this Asian man in robes that told me they were going to teach me everything I wanted to know. So she hangs up. She calls Patty. Sure enough, Patty and I end up getting together. And I think what was interesting to note about that was I think it was pretty much the same day my spirit guide came to me and told me that I was ready. Your spirit guide told you you were ready to be a teacher. Am I correct with that? Yes, exactly. And then you were, if I remember correctly, you were like, well, I'm not about to like put signs up as like psychic teacher. So if I'm supposed to do this, you better go find me my first student. <laughs> so essentially that's the conversation she had with her guide at the same time I was being told I was ready by my guide. And then her guide showed up in my dream and led me to her and we got together and the rest is history. <laughs> yeah. And you were in my first class. Yes, I was in your first class. And, and everything that I needed came from that first class. I mean, it took me a couple years to put it into practice and really learn to use it. But any and all information that I needed was essentially in that first class. It, it changed everything for me. Wow. Thank you yeah. so much. Yes. Huge compliment. So can you tell us how you see your guide? Okay. So I have a very interesting uh, relationship with my guides, as I say. Um, to me, guides, as I perceive them, are any high vibrational entities in any form that they choose to manifest in that have my best interest at heart. So some of mine look human. Some of them don't look human. Um, some of them look like lights and orbs, and some of them have faces and features, and some of them look like extraordinary beings that I can't place here in this earthly realm. What happened to me is when I had a massive awakening when I was 19, there was this perception of a space, like there was an opening 20 feet in front of me, kind of up in the air, and I could see all of these people in there, but they were kind of washed out in a light, but I could hear them all very clearly, and I could hear them all talking about me, and this went on for a few days, and they were all saying very nice things like, oh, she's doing so good, oh, we're so happy for her, oh, do you think she's going to find this or go there? It was like they were watching me as a movie and commenting amongst each other on what I was doing and the choices I was making, and this went on for a few days, and I I heard it and I found it intriguing, but I didn't really know what to do with it. And then after a few days, I heard them kind of making these funny and playful jokes and it made me laugh. And so I said up to them, 
you know, I hear you up there. And that was the first time I even said anything to them. And almost immediately, they were all just so excited that I even said something. And they were immediately like, oh my gosh, we love you. We love you. We love you. We're so happy to see you or so happy that you're talking to us. And so then these energies hovered around for a little bit, but I didn't know how to work with them. I just perceived that they were always there. And I was walking around knowing that there was this group of people floating in this portal in my visionscape that really loved me. And it made me actually want to be a better person. Um, knowing that they were there. So I remember going through my life at that time at 19 and just being really kind and good to people and always trying to put my best foot forward. But the truth is I wasn't always making the smartest choices. I didn't know at the time that I could have asked them for guidance. And things started getting weird. Things started getting scary and intense and hard and emotionally trying. And as my vibration went down and I got a little more depressed, I wasn't comfortable with knowing and seeing them. And so I told them to go away. And I told them I didn't want to see them anymore. And they listened and they went away. That's so sad. I know. But the cool thing is, is they came back one by one. So they did go away. They went away for about a year. And then about a year after that, I met my first one. And since that time, over the next almost 20 years, I started meeting them. Maybe every couple years I would meet a new one or every other year I'd meet, you know, for sake of example, I would meet a new one and develop a relationship with them. And it wasn't until I think it was two years ago, I was at a yoga retreat and we were in this very deep mantra meditation without even thinking it or remembering it. I immediately got put back into time to the day that I told them to go away. And I realized in that moment that that initial opening with all of those beings I saw in that space were all of the guides that I've met over the last 20 years. And it had never occurred to me up to that point. It's like I never associated that first group with being the group that I now know to be my guides. And we kind of had this whole big jolly laugh and hug about it. And they were like, see, we were always there. We never went away. But when they came to me one by one, it allowed me to make a deeper and more sincere and more visual and detailed connection with each one of them. And each one of them for me has its own long drawn out story with tons of details and, and <laughs> yummy situations and all of that. But I do work with one of them, like you, I have like my one main guide that I always talk to. I perceive him to be my brother from another lifetime and a Native American life. Uh, when I first started seeing him, it was when I was 20 years old, and I would see this man standing right next to me on my left side, always my left side, not my right, not in front of me, behind me, anywhere else. And I could see him very clearly in my peripheral. I could see the fabric of his clothing. I could see the shape of his nose, how long his hair was, how tall he was. But every time I would try to look directly at him, he would disappear. So I would practice this. I would practice kind of like gazing off into my peripheral, and I would get this very clear sense of this male energy. And actually, the first time I had a reading with you, Patty, you said, you have a spirit guide. It's a male. He's always to your left. He's never anywhere else. And I, my jaw fell to the floor. I was like, there is no conceivable way that you could ever know that I have been literally perceiving that being who stands to my left forever. But since that time, since working with you and you giving me a deeper understanding of guides, now he stands in front of me and now I can see him fully. 
So that's that's so cool. I kind of find that usually spirit guides will stand behind people. When I'm reading people, their spirit guides usually standing behind them. Not always. Some spirit guides can be a, a little loud and aggressive, but usually they stand behind us and they're waiting for us to invite them forward. So when you mentioned your peripheral, a lot of times it'll be like, you'll see something out of the corner of your eye and something in your peripheral for a few days. And you're like, what the hell is that? Or you have your ear will start ringing. So our spirit guides tend to come to us with signs like that because they want us to invite them forward. They don't want to come stand in front of us and scare the hell out of us and have us shut down, kind of like when you sent yours away. So they want to be gentle with us. And if you're sensing something's behind you or you're seeing something out of your peripheral or your ears start ringing and you sit in meditation and invite them forward, they'll come in in a nice gentle way to not scare the hell out of you that will allow them to introduce themselves. Sometimes they'll give you a name or you'll see them. Other times you'll just sense that energy or you'll hear something or smell something. We all perceive um, psychic and energetic input in different ways. So inviting them forward and getting to know them is the best way to start, I believe. Right. I think once you start being curious and start asking and they know, they know what's on your mind. They know what you're thinking and they know what you're hoping and wishing for. I think a lot of it too is getting your frequency in the same sync with them. So if you are somebody who's, you know, dealing with depression and you're in a really sad and dark place, it's not that you can't connect with your guides or get messages from them, but it certainly does help if you want to have a very clear and open communication with them to start working on yourself and raising your frequency and letting go of trauma and letting go of that bogged down energy. And as you raise your frequency and get in tune to their frequency, it's kind of like tuning the dial to your radio. I think when you're on the same frequency, that conversation gets clearer and clearer and the words become more clear and the vision of them becomes more clear. Patty, I think her radio station is like right to the milli-dots, <laughs> number second, whatever. It's so crystal clear. It blows my mind. Like I tell people my comparison to you is like, you know, we might see the same guide, but she could tell you the thread count on their gown. <laughs> well, I can see things which within my scope of what I, I want to see. So, you know, one thing I wanted to mention too is loved ones that have passed. I'll have people say, oh, is my grandmother my spirit guide or my uncle that passed, is he my spirit guide? I personally do not see loved ones that have passed as spirit guides. Loved ones that have passed, oftentimes they will spend some time making sure their loved ones on earth are taken care of, they'll be close, and then after a little bit of time, they might pass a little bit further onto the light. And while they're usually available when we call them in, they don't necessarily show up as consistently as spirit guides. So I kind of say no on that. Do you agree with that or do you have a different view on that? I think there's a, there is a difference when we speak of like the title they've been given and the job that was put before them in a way, I guess as an analogy I want to use, there's a definitive like spirit guide that is essentially attached at the hip with you. But when let's say, like you said, your grandmother passed, I think that they, depending on the nature of the relationship or whatever karma that they have with you, that they are allowed to come in and assist and protect. And I think also because the person is familiar with their energy, it also helps open up that pathway of communication to the spirit realms because when you have no awareness of who your spirit guide is at all and you don't know what, like I said, radio station that you're tuning into, it's hard to level off with them. But like if your grandmother had passed and she's always been a loving and protective energy for you, I don't necessarily think that she's your 
quote unquote spirit guide, the one that is always with you, watching you with everything. But I do think that they can come in and assist. There's probably some rules with that. I'm not really sure. (laughs) They're Um, busy. They have other things to do. But Yes, I do think that they can definitely step in and reveal themselves and be protective, but I don't think that they actually have the role as your spirit guide. I think there's there's a difference. I agree. And the, the other thing I want to talk about was animal totems. So the frequency which our spirit guides show up in is the same frequency, the way I perceive it at least, as our animal totems. So oftentimes somebody will come in and they'll ask me if I can see their spirit guides and they'll just have animals around them or they'll have a big deer standing next to them or a jaguar. And so those animal totems work in the same way as spirit guides. They represent a certain energy. They're here to help with something specific. And usually spirit guides will tell me why they're here, why they're here, what they're doing for my client, how they're helping, why they've manifested. And it's the same thing with animal totems. I was in a class and we were all meditating and we got done. And and I said, oh my God, whose elephant was that? And someone (laughs) said, oh, sorry. That's my spirit guide. So everybody in the room was picking up on this elephant because the energy was so huge. So, and it's the same thing if animals show up. If you're driving down the road and an owl scoops down, looks at you through your windshield and then flies off, that's not a coincidence. There's some energy there. So, you know, Googling or looking up in a book what the energy of an owl means and paying attention to that because animals, just like spirit guides, they're here consistently with us, but they'll also show up to help us through a trauma, help us to, you know, make a decision, help pass information on to us, help us to be alerted or aware of something that's about to happen. So animal totems, I believe, are in the same category as spirit guides. Some people have only animal totems. Most people have a little bit of both. I definitely get animal spirit energy with clients for sure. They come in with a very streamlined type energy to me though. It's like, for example, an eagle energy. The eagle is kind of like the king of the skies and has a huge vantage point and knows how to focus in um, very directly on what it is that they want. And so when I see something like a eagle energy with somebody, I know that that's the energy that they're bringing in for them. That maybe they just invoke the qualities of somebody who's really focused and goal oriented and, you know, kind of alpha energy they can do and achieve anything that they want. But it's a little bit different than like, you know, your Tibetan monk who could have an open conversation with you, somebody that was more human-like. I feel like the animal energies that come in are just bringing a frequency or an energy as I perceive it. I mean, what do you think? You Maybe you do have these very clear conversations with the animal spirits. When I have contact with animals or animal totems, they seem to be a little more there as my spirit guides, I would say. And I don't know if you remember, but you and I, we went to a retreat and we were sitting in meditation and the person leading it turned into a little black spider and was kind of wandering around the room. And I was just waiting to get out of there. (laughs) I remember. (laughs) My totem, which is a bald eagle, it showed up and it was sitting on my shoulders protecting me. And it was about to swoop down and eat that spider at any minute. So I was trying to keep my eagle from attacking the spider and having this big battle going on. And I could not get out of there fast enough. So I I was right with you, actually. You were, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Addie and I couldn't talk because we were in a meditation with, and, but I was like, oh my God, I need to get. It wasn't good. 
it right. wasn't good. Unfortunately, you know, you win some, you lose some. <laughs> yeah. So for some people, their animals will speak to them pretty clearly. For others, they represent something or they are bringing in a sign or a metaphoric message or something like that. But animals talk to me. Next time I see something like that, I'm going to try to converse with it more because when I see that, I think it's just my earthly conditioning that animals don't speak. You know, I think they're powerful and intense, but it's like kind of stuck in this idea that animals are just an energetic entity and not one that could converse with me in an intelligent fashion. And I mean that with so much love. I, I, I almost feel bad saying that out loud, but um, I just never thought to actually talk to them, but I have seen them. I have seen some guides that look out of this world that don't look human. Have you ever seen anything that looked out of this world? Oh, totally. They don't always show up in human form. And sometimes they're just a light being or a specific frequency. And that's hard to describe to somebody. So if, hard if something to describe. shows up as just a, a, a frequency. Yeah, totally. it's interesting. Like, or a light. Yeah, like a, I haven't seen a lot of them, but every once in a while, probably a small handful of these very light being is the best way I can say it, just an embodiment of pure light and just high vibrational energy. I guess that's just how I am. It's the more human they seem, the more human of a conversation I can have and the more otherworldly or animal, it just comes into just this like breath of energy that I can feel from them, either pure love or pure compassion or pure power, pure focus, pure manifestation, whatever energy they're bringing in to somebody, I'll feel it more like that. But the only ones I actually really hear clear conversations with are the ones that feel very human or have some sort of like human intelligence, I guess. But that, that might just be me. Now you're opening up my universe right now because I'm like, <laughs> oh, I never even thought about trying to talk to those. So I, I have a question for you that I'm curious about. So um, when I see spirit guides, they're almost always super positive. And like I mentioned earlier, there are some that are a little a little overly zealous or a little aggressive. Um, I've had a couple that kind of yell at their people to try to get their attention and I have to ask them to calm it down. But I'm wondering, since you have the ability to see some of the lower frequencies and the darker images than I do, it's something that I do not have the talent at. Do you ever see something show up? behind somebody in the place of a spirit guide that seems not positive or like it's not helpful to them? Yeah, but those are entities and attachments and that's a whole nother wormhole of information right there. But spirit guides are always very high vibration, loving, absolutely like unconditionally loving. And I don't care how many times you muffed up, made mistakes, did bad choices. You could have done like the worst thing in the world. And I think I might sense a sense of worry or disappointment or compassion or, or whatever it is, sorrow that I might be feeling from a guide, but never ever have I ever felt a guide. And there's a definitive difference in feeling and frequency where they're coming from that is pure love and pure wanting the absolute best for you at all costs, no matter what. Um, and I think the guides are always trying to talk to you and lead you down a better path. It's whether or not you're listening. And when you don't listen, that's when they get upset. They don't get mad, I don't think, but they get they can get a little bit, as I've seen them, um, I don't want to say desperate, but like really, like really worried. Like, oh man, if you don't fix this soon, like this is going to get bad. They really want you to be on the right path and, and make good choices. Yeah, they can but, get kind of agitated. 
Yeah, yes, right, and frustrated a little bit. But I don't think they'd ever turn, ever turn their back. I don't even think like punished or scolded. I'll tell you this with, uh, for myself, which frustrates me with my guides, is they never tell me what I want to hear. They tell me what <laughs> I need to hear. And <laughs> sometimes I don't want to hear what they want to tell me. And, and I've gone against it many times and have been proven. I've been humbled by the end of it. You were right and I was wrong. I should have listened. And when you go through that enough times, you just learn to listen. Yeah, they have an insight and a knowledge that we can't tap into. So it's, it's wise to trust them. And I've also found with my guides, I don't know if this is true with you, Patty, but they won't reveal everything to me. Some things are not meant for me to know. And some things I'll get very clear direction or answers or feelings around it. And some things... I don't know if I get hung up on the answer too much or I'm just simply not meant to know. Maybe it's better left to be a surprise. I don't know. But do you ever get that? I'll kind of bug the heck out of them until they give me <laughs> information. <laughs> I can be a little relentless with my guides. Yeah, Sometimes I, I feel like they're like, oh, girl, just give us a break. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to know everything. Come on. I do. I do. So, so we talked about spirit guides and we talked about animal totems. And I also wanted to bring up deities. Oh, yeah. So, uh, you know, not everybody has Isis or Kuan Yin as their guide. However, deities do show up as spirit guides for people. Mm -hmm. um, usually they will step in to give you a lesson. Like Kali Ma shows up for me all the time to kind of whip me in shape when things aren't going well. But for what I've recognized is they don't seem to come in, you know, for years and years on end. They'll kind of come in to assist with something to kind of use their power to help a situation or to help you learn a lesson or to help you move some karmic debt. But they don't seem to stick around all the time. However, I have to say I do have some clients that have some pretty famous deities that have been with them since I've been reading them. So linearly, you know, there's no timeline. Have you, how do you explain that the way you see it? I love it when I get to see deities with people's energy. And usually, I'll just be honest, the, the only people that I get to see that have that are people who are already pretty far along their spiritual path, like people who've done a lot of soul work. I don't want to say old souls because I think we're all old, but more seasoned. You know, They've done a lot of spiritual work and they've come pretty far on their path. I think it's just because their frequency is so high and it's so clear that it allows those deified energies to come in. Um, and I don't necessarily see them every single time, but oh man, it is some of the most potent, powerful, and intense readings that I have when I get the pleasure and the honor of seeing those deities come through for people. And they can come in from all cultures and walks of life, ones that I don't even know. I know their deity energies from some tribe of some far off land that I don't know. It's, it has that deity quality about it, but I can't always name them. For example, I had a client not that long ago and they came in and immediately felt all this deity energy with them. And I didn't know what it was. I didn't have a name. I said, it's a goddess energy and it looks this very specific way. And I, I was using all of my kind of terms because I didn't know what it was that I was seeing. And I described it to a T and lo and behold, <laughs> that person had a picture of that exact image that I described in their wallet and pulled it out after I described it to them. And I about That's fell amazing. on the floor. 
blew me away. Yeah, but those deity energies are larger than life to me. Like they can Yeah, they're so huge. Huge, right? Huge. Yeah. Okay, I'm glad you said that cuz yeah. <laughs> they just feel so like beyond this time and like space, like they're beyond the walls and the floor. I don't even know. They're just these big beautiful energies, intense. Yeah, they're, they're pretty amazing. Yeah. Okay, so if you are out there and you want to connect with your guides, there are a couple ways of doing that. You can go to a retreat where somebody is helping you connect with your guides, or you can find a guided meditation, which helps you go into that space, or you can sit in meditation. You always want to start by grounding and centering, and you can raise your vibration up to a nice high level, and then you invite them in. You ask if there's any spirit guides out there. I'm inviting you forward. I'd like you to speak to me. I'd like you to come sit with me. I'd like to feel your energy, but it's important that you raise your vibration up because you don't want to ever sit in meditation and just open up to whatever's out there and wants to talk to you because that can lead to some scary things. But if you raise your vibration up to a high place, then that's the best way to call them in and meet them. And some people say, well, how do you do that? How do you raise your vibration? You can go up. There's seven chakras within the body. And I was taught that the eighth is below us and the ninth is above. Some, some people teach it the opposite. But a lovely meditation is to imagine that you're at an elevator and you hit the ninth floor. And as that elevator is going up, you're imagining your vibrational frequency raising and you're going up towards the angelic realm. You're just raising higher and higher and higher. And when those elevator doors open, you set the intention to meet a guide or an animal totem. And that's a wonderful way to do that. Or to go see Jude and I. And you know, we might be able to talk, pull them out and, and bring them forward. Patty. So much better suited for that than I, I mean, I can, but it's not like you. (laughs) Patty sees guides with everybody. I think for for me, when I'm having sessions with people, I know that I'm hearing information from the guides, but sometimes it's almost like they're behind a curtain. I know they're there. I know it's coming from them, but I can't see them, you know, full face. And then some people, their guides come in immediately, like before I even open my mouth to talk, they're showing like full embodiments of themselves. There's no rhyme or reason for it. It's just a matter of if it's their day to meet or talk or I guess, you know. Right. And where that and where your client is too. Not everybody, you know, you may be saying, I want to meet my guide, but it may not be divine timing or you may not really be ready for that and they know better than you. So trusting in divine timing, knowing that they'll come when the time is right and that they'll, you know, show themselves in a manner that you can understand and that you're comfortable with. I think um, shamanic drum journeys are also a nice way to explore guide energy. And these are pretty common. Maybe you could do some research in your area and see what's available to you. But it's uh, with the drumming where they beat the drum in the steady tone for about 20 minutes and they open up and set the intention, but they're not speaking during the entire drum journey. And there's something about that drumming and that frequency and that steadiness, like that heartbeat. And Patty, you've had experiences with drumming. I totally agree with that. Um, You know, I feel like that practitioner, if you find someone that's good, it's as if they're able to hold that space for you while you travel. When I go to a shamanic drumming, I tend to astral travel into really wild and crazy places. And the drumming really takes me there. And also having someone hold that space, it's almost like I'm 
given permission or they're holding holding on to me here in the earthly realm so that I can travel. Yeah, it's amazing. It's very powerful. I went to my first one kind of skeptical, to be honest with you, and then I was like hooked and I had to keep going. And I even found YouTube Drum Journey. And I got to say, it doesn't feel as potent as when somebody's there and you're actually with the group and the collective energy of everybody holding space, but it still works. I still am able to kind of travel out and make connections through just the audio of the drums, something you might want to try. Oh yeah, that's cool. I think we can we can wrap that up on spirit guides. And I really challenge you to take some time in meditation and invite your guide forward. Or if you're aware of them, ask one at a time to come forward. Ask for more information. Maybe ask for a name. Um, having a name is a lovely way to really feel connected with that guide. I love to get names whenever I can because it does help me feel like they're easier to access when I have a name and can call upon them. I wish I had a bit more of that name magic like you do. I believe that that could be accessible to me. Maybe I have yet to discover it. But I do want to say, you know, some people are probably going to get a hit right away. They're going to just get this very intense experience from the get-go. And some people, it might be, you know, slow coming and slow opening up. So I just want to say, don't get discouraged. Keep doing it. Keep putting your intention towards it because divine timing is everything. And perhaps there's things you need to do to raise your frequency more before you're able to make a more direct connection. Um, Be patient. Yeah, be patient. Keep working on it. I can tell you, for me, the way it came in is when the guides came in and they wanted to talk to me, that was it. I never knew how to activate that. I never knew how to open it up like on an off day that I wanted to talk to them. I didn't know how to do that. I just knew that they showed up whenever they wanted to. Like earlier when I was talking about the one guide that didn't come around for many years, I didn't know what that was. And really it's like Patty said, it's just intention and it's asking, it's raising your frequency and just inviting them and saying, hey, I would like to connect. I'd like to get to know you more and practicing that conversation. And the more you do it, the more tuned in you get to it, the clearer that conversation becomes. Well said. All right. Well, thank you again for joining us. We really appreciate having you out there and we really enjoy doing this and want to thank you for your support. Yes. Thank you so much. And for those of you who have listened and reached out to us and sent us all of those loving messages about how much you enjoyed it, we really appreciate that. And don't be afraid to leave a comment with any questions that you may have that you would like us to discuss on a future podcast episode. And if you want to come see us or talk to us, we both do readings in person and via telephone or Skype. My website is Wing and Ether. Ether is A-E-T-H-E-R or pdavispsychic.com. And my website is alignandshinekawaii.com, which Kauai is spelled K-A-U-A-I. Yes, thank you for joining us and stay tuned for many more interesting topics to come in the future. Okay, until next time, aloha. Bye-bye.